In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Let's get them out of their seats and into the ring. You gotta be kidding me! Now don't do this! This is the Finishing Move Podcast with Nick Cellini, Big John, and Adam Gillespie. We've got recaps, the latest storylines, and the biggest moments from the week. Now it's the Finishing Move from the Fans Podcast Park. All right, welcome to the initial podcast, The Finishing Move. Yours truly, Nick Cellini, joined by Big John Radcliffe, Adam Gillespie. We'll talk a lot of WWE. We'll talk some history as well. And the Road Dog going to educate the old head in the room, a guy like me, on uh, what I'm missing if I don't watch AEW. Yeah, I think that's one of the hottest topics out there right now in today's world of wrestling. AEW has really come on the scene over the last couple of years, so we'll get into a little bit of that with you. And also, like I said, we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the things that happened on this date in history. We lost the great one, the eighth wonder of the world, Big John, Andre the Giant, passing away on this date in 1993. 94, I believe it was. Andre the Giant, I mean, the man was larger than life at a time when, you know, he came along. Do you think the rumors of him are true? That the way he drank beer, the way he drank wine, the way he chucked alcohol, and it just, nothing affected him, but... He was just larger than life. I mean, him and Hulk Hogan, that was the thing that everyone remembers. Hulk Hogan getting the slam against him, the 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 slam heard around the world. And it's someone that we grew up watching. I grew up watching seeing this gigantic guy that didn't speak very well because he was from France. And a lot of people might actually remember him more so as uh, from The Princess Bride and his acting debut. Do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> so it's definitely someone that... You wish was still here, and particularly just a larger-than-life figure, a larger-than-life personality, and it's someone that in the wrestling world and the wrestling community, Road Dog, you know just as well as I do, you miss a guy like that, and having hearing him passing when he did, and particularly we were old enough to understand it, it was definitely a sad day. Yeah, it was. It was one that you kind of noted down because he was one of the – some people put him on their Mount Rushmore of wrestlers just because of what he – was able to do in the ring and his size and uh, ability, uh, but yeah, it, he was a he was a big piece of wrestling history because everybody points to WrestleMania three Hogan and Andre as kind of the turning point, the coming out, so to say, uh, for WWF and uh, wrestling becoming kind of mainstream. So yeah, uh, nineteen ninety three, this time uh, in that year, uh, sad day. Andre the Giant, the irresistible force versus the immovable object versus Hulk Hogan. Watch that match again. Technically not a great match, but the people came out. They sold it very well as Andre finally turns heel. Take your hand off my shoulder, he says as he turns heel during Piper's pit. you got to believe Hulk Hogan's back really was hurting. When he, I mean, because he didn't use legs. He didn't use arms. He kind of scooped him up, arced his back a little bit. And Nick, you're, you're a gym rat. You know you know that person that's in the gym. you got to believe he gave Andre a good grunt when, you know, Argh! Well, he said he tore his entire ribcage, all the muscles on the side. And he said, he said as well, Hulk Hogan, you could see the, 
the hole in his back right afterwards. And, you know, wrestlers are prone to hyperbole, but really the person that had the bad back, you watch that match again, was Andre the Giant. He yeah, had to stay. Yeah, he was he could barely way. stand up. He had to stay close to the ropes. He really couldn't do much as he passes the torch to Hulk Hogan in that match. Yeah, and passing the torch, and that was something reportedly Hulk Hogan was nervous about the whole time leading up to that match because Andre was so big, you weren't going to make him do anything that he didn't want to do. Uh, and he Hogan says that he did not know if, if – uh, Andre was going to play pool or not, and it wasn't until they were in the midst of the match when Andre, you know, laid down for him for the count of three after the leg drop that he finally knew that, yes, it was going to go that way because Andre was going to let it go that way. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting story and an interesting life of uh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant passing away on this date in 1993, aged only 46 Yikes. years old. He knew he wasn't going to live long, so he certainly enjoyed life. We'll go over... Some of the other things that happened on this date in wrestling history in a little bit. Let's take a look back at what happened on Raw this past Monday. I guess Alexa Bliss is now working in concert with the Bray Wyatt character, and uh, she challenges Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> this this whole thing with, with um, Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, and Randy Orton, is this is what Vince McMahon likes to do, amuse himself from time to time. It's It's beyond bizarre what's going on here. No doubt, and The Fiend is on that spectrum uh, where you would say bizarre, and the whole uh, Bray Wyatt's uh, fun house, playhouse. Which I like. I like the concept. It's been fun over the years. Uh, uh, I guess a year or so. They, they I never, agree. They, they build him up, and they never use him right. I think they're letting him kind of just run his own ship because it's reported how people consider Bray Wyatt to be such a genius. And, I mean, you, you look at a guy that, what, this is – his third incarnation in the in the WWE is a different character. He was Husky Harris, Husky Harrison. He came in as so many different characters, and when he came in with this one, and that's what Vince likes is when you bring something creative to him. From when you see so many different stars that are basically on their way out the door, and you bring him something, he's kind of all in on it. But you're right; they just kind of, what do we do with him? What, how, how do we make him unique like the Undertaker was? How do we make him like Mankind or Kane? They don't know how to make him unique in that way, so it's just kind of, let's let him, I think they're just giving him carte blanche, just do what you need to do and just keep selling shirts. Adam, speaking of the Undertaker, he's been all over the place uh, granting interviews, various podcasts. So listen to the one that he did with Joe Rogan, and he's a great storyteller and, and his career, which he, he's never really talked about. He openly admitted to always kind of staying in character because he wanted to honor the business. I mean, his his career and the injuries that he's overcome over the years and the people that he's worked with it's it's phenomenal yeah no doubt the list of who's who's of who he has worked with is is a very long and amazing list and you're right uh, I, and i th- heard that was also something that miss mcmahon kind of would put the kibosh on over the years where we want the undertaker not to be mark calloway we want him to be the undertaker and the undertaker wouldn't be out there doing interviews and, and kind of pulling the curtain back so he was always a uh, stayed away from that and you're right i've listened to the joe rogan i've listened to the um, the Steve Austin podcast that he's done. He's done a busted open radio and I've listened and because it's very interesting to hear his point of view and somebody who's been around so long. Uh, and he said some pretty poignant things on some of those, uh, in a, um, uh, podcast, you know, Joe Rogan, he called today's wrestlers soft, uh, at one point. And, you know, it's, so it's, and it'd be interesting to see if he gets some, uh, backlash from that. Uh, behind the scenes, but uh, he's a very interesting person and a character. So Drew McIntyre opens the show. He thanks everybody as he uh, recovers from COVID-19. And the Royal Rumble is this weekend. We'll talk in greater detail, John, about that pay-per-view. But I I don't know how many people want to watch Drew McIntyre wrestle 
Goldberg. I think someone. No offense, the, Adam. I know he's yeah, a Georgia. I, I, guy. I think Go he, dogs. <laughs> well, Goldberg has to make has he wants to not go out on the sour note that he had. Him and the Undertaker had a match over in Saudi Arabia, and it was just two older guys in the ring. And I don't want to say that disrespectfully. It was bad, but it was bad. And Goldberg, who still looks like he could, you know, short of the gray hair, if he dyed it black, he could go onto the field and be a linebacker for a team. But the match that you saw there, he just doesn't want to go out on that note. Whether win or lose, I think he wants to show he's still in great shape. He's still an athlete. He's still, you know, the Goldberg that we saw back in WCW when he was coming down here to the Omni and just a monster. And just to see that match, it was just kind of like, yeah, there has to be a you got to cap the, this off now. There yeah. has to be an age limit. And Adam, here's the problem. I know you listen to a lot of the wrestling podcasts. The issue is when you have two big guys wrestling together, sometimes the chemistry just isn't there. It looks great on paper always, but it never pans out in the in the ring because they have certain move sets as a big guy, and you need someone not as big as you who can sell your moves. And that's not what that's definitely not what Goldberg is going to be able to do for uh, Drew. And I don't Drew may be able to do that for a little bit for Goldberg, but that's not really what I think they're going to have Drew on top at the end of this match. I don't think they're going to put the belt on Goldberg again like they did about this time last year. So it's going to be an interesting match. It's not going to be one that's going to probably go over. And Goldberg is someone who it's more of a atmosphere around him when you have true fans in the arena chanting the Goldberg and you kind of feed off of that energy, uh, which you're obviously not going to have during this time of year. Now, the and they might also get creative with this one. WWE's been doing these theatrical matches where, you know, obviously we know it's scripted, it's predetermined. But now where you can kind of do a little bit of editing, you can do some splicing and some... Like The Undertaker did when he uh, wrestled AJ Styles. AJ Styles, exactly. We can cut the tape a little bit and, hey, maybe we jump here. And and even just even if you notice, watching currently the WWE, the camera angles where they don't have a crowd to pan to. So there's very weird camera angles that take place. So they're, they're trying their best to cover up the botches and things of that nature. That might be what we see to try and make Goldberg look a little bit better. So we'll see how that match plays out during the Royal Rumble pay-per-view this week. And also on Monday, we talked about Alexa Bliss. She does beat Asuka via disqualification as uh, Randy Orton comes in and delivers an RKO. Out of nowhere. <laughs> His face all burned, the mask on. I often want to just walk around for like two or three days with one of those masks on and not even address it. <laughs> what do you mean? That, that Nothing would be out great. of the ordinary. Nothing to see here. Just go make an appearance somewhere with a mask on. And yeah, where are the that? times like this? It'll be okay, actually, now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, days of time, he'd be like, oh, well, good for him. That's a good point. <laughs> so uh, then uh, speaking of the women, you've got the uh, the six-person tag, Nia Jax, uh, Shayna Baszler, Lacey Evans beating Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, and Charlotte Flair. But I like what happened afterwards. Now, Lacey Evans is supposedly in a relationship with Ric Flair and uh, the the daughter isn't happy with the relationship. I almost called her by her real name, Ashley. Ashley. Charlotte's not happy with the uh, relationship, and she gets attacked from behind by Lacey Evans. So I, I don't know where this one is going to go, but I, I, it's tough to say it because he's my favorite of all time, but I, I don't know what's going on with Ric Flair. This thing becomes more and more disturbing by the week with Ric Flair. Just just him being there. I don't What are you doing? It's Ric Flair. I, I mean, at some point in time, and but we we've seen the storylines, we've seen the angles like this happen before. I mean, she, you know, Charlotte, she pulls back the curtain a little bit, and we've all heard the stories of Ric Flair was never there for his kids, spent his money on everyone else, so which is all true, yeah. And so now she's just kind of I get to act this out. Let me. She might be letting out some natural frustrations, 
but it, it's interesting to see. And, you know, look, it, it draws you back in. It draws that person that we grew up watching Ric Flair, that if we get to see this little storyline, I don't want to see Ric Flair in a match. But to see him knife edge chop one more person, I'm not mad about it. And Lacey Evans is just better as a heel. I, I think Charlotte's better as a heel as well. But Lacey Evans, they try to make her a face for a while. That that stuff doesn't work. Some people are just meant to be heels. So anyway, that was uh, some of the highlights. Edge is coming back. He makes that announcement as well for the Royal Rumble. And a guy that, I guess, wants to end things uh, on his own terms. We'll see how that plays itself out. SmackDown this past Friday also trying to promote some of the matches coming up during the uh, Royal Rumble. And it's going to be Kevin Owens, who, again, I think, and maybe you guys agree or disagree, I think is better as a heel taking on Roman Reigns, who should have been a heel a long, long time ago. I mean, you want to talk about a guy taking off. It's this pairing between Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. You want to talk about something that's been perfect. This has been perfect all the way. Yeah, no doubt. And this is something that we've talked about on The Finishing Move, the show that we do on Thursday nights for years now. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns needs to be heel, and pairing him with Paul Heyman to be that mouthpiece, well, that's going to improve anybody. And it has drastically improved uh, Roman Reigns' stock in the WWE. And I think it has started to draw more eyeballs to the SmackDown uh, show, as well as Roman Reigns fans or dis- you know fans that don't like that like to not like him. Uh, in my case. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been something that has been a very big improvement. And sometimes you just sit back and scratch your head and wonder what took so long for Vince McMahon to understand this is what needed to happen with him. John, I, I don't know about you, and you could talk about it as well, but I, I thought John Cena fought it. I, I thought years ago John Cena should have turned heel. Sometimes that makes your career, and obviously it's worked with a ton of guys over the years. And I think that's the thing that he fought. He wanted. I think Roman Reigns fought it. I think him and Vince together, you know, hey, we can sell more T-shirts, we can get you in movies, we can do more, we can do more. Charities, I don't want to hurt the kids. Yeah, you know, the Make-A-Wish I mean, Foundation. knows what it is now. I mean, but I, out of the bag. I think he, was su- he became such that guy. And, you know, Vince McMahon, we, we've all heard the stories of how he likes the look. Roman Reigns met the look, the big guy, and then you add the history to it. That went with it, and Roman Reigns even came out recently in an article and said he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to work without Paul Heyman anymore. He wants to work with Paul Heyman for the rest of his career, and I think he's smart enough to know, hey, this is look. This revitalized my career. We got to. You saw it when it was the uh, help me out. It was the Royal Rumble. Batista won, and everybody wanted Roman Reigns to win, so they booed Batista. The next Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns won. They wanted Daniel Bryan to win. Well, they booed Roman Reigns. So now he's kind of realizing, okay, I'm getting over with this. This is working. I'm going to sell some more shirts. I'll sell some more toys. And they keep the belt on me. And and if you notice, he's not doing these long, in-depth, week-in and week-out matches. It's quick matches. He's doing it with Jey Uso, where he's just on the apron. It's a quick hit, and he's done. So that grind of what wrestlers go through He doesn't even have to deal with that anymore. Leave them wanting more. We'll run through the Royal Rumble matches here in just a second, but I wanted you, Adam and John, to talk about AEW. I'm fairly a novice. I'm the old head, like I said, in the room. The younger crowd is turning a lot more to AEW. Talk about convince me as to why I need to start watching this product. AEW, just to give you the history of it, it came about on a dare. uh, Dusty Rhodes' son, Cody, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they said a promotion would never exist that would work that was ran by wrestlers. Well, they got with the son of uh, Tony Khan, 
and the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of cash there. And they put together a wrestling promotion that's ran by wrestlers. So it starts there where... And Cody looked at the things that his father did over the years and said, I'm not going to do those things. And by the they things you're talking... a lot of money when Dusty ran things. And the disrespect. I mean, you got to remember, look, they, they put Dusty Rhodes where he came in as a champion. They put him in black and white polka dots. And Sapphire! <laughs> Jack, gyrating Just around. common, man. And that's what he wanted to put together. And they put together this promotion that took young wrestlers, indie wrestlers, put them together, but they still pay respect to the older wrestlers. Where you have Jake the Snake Roberts, Tully Blanchard, you have these guys that are there, Arn Anderson, that they're more so coaches and mentors. And it comes from, number one, it's been so long since we've had competition for WWE. We remember the Monday Night Wars against WCW, and when ultimately Vince McMahon purchased WCW, ECW, he bought out his competition. He lived out the and dream. things have not been the same. And At he, all. He got to be lazy. You had no competition. And now he has it. And as much as they don't want to admit to it, you got wrestlers who are running it who are just coming up with these outlandish ideas where they're literally partnering with other companies that are out there, Impact Wrestling. And where you're seeing wrestlers that would be on AEW going to Impact Wrestling with the, cha- the the world champion of AEW going to Impact Wrestling and back and forth and things of that nature. And what you think you're, is going to happen, what you would expect to happen, you know how wrestling can be predictable. You're not getting that predictability because now it's kind of, oh, well, this team's actually going to win the tag titles. No. Oh, okay. I kind of like this change where it's easy to kind of, I don't need to watch the rest of this match. We know what's going to happen. Now you're not getting that. Well, Adam, that's what made toward the end before they went too far WCW so great you never knew what was going to happen week to week it seems like according to what John is saying it's kind of the same deal with AEW yeah definitely you're getting that now with them for sure with the crossover with Impact Wrestling that they're doing on Tuesday nights and the champions and and wrestlers going back and forth between the promotions Uh, so you never know who's going to show up maybe from the other show uh, now when you watch one of the two whether that be Impact or Dynamite and I think it AEW is just it, Tony Khan grew up a wrestling fan. He's throwing back to wrestling. He's paying the respects, like he said, with the uh, managers, which you don't really get in WWE anymore, except for Paul Heyman. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With eleven restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Uh, you who's get, a genius yeah he is I completely an absolute genius 100% agree with that and uh, you're getting that with the Jake the Snake and Arn Anderson and Tolly and uh, uh, Vicky Guerrero here uh, in AEW and it's just fresh and, uh, and and a lot of it may be another point to John is it's just something new other than WWE it's different it's not that uh, WWE product so a lot of eyeballs are, are going over there on Wednesdays to see it and they are regularly beating NXT in the Monday, in the Wednesday night wars 
uh, now. Of course, we grew up on the Monday Night Wars back in the 90s. Uh, but if you're not watching it, I, I, I say give it a, a week or two, watch it, and see what you think of it. Uh, some friends of ours, Tony Schiavone, uh, is back there doing the commentary. A lot and, of time, wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jim Ross is there. So I think you can tune in, enjoy it, and uh, really uh, get a kick out of it. Tony, one of the nicest guys. His grandkids played with Nico in uh, East Marietta, so I see him all the time during the baseball season. And I'll tell you one thing that you you might even enjoy. Picture in a picture. It's not doing it with your TV. It's when they go to break. Good old JR will tell you, you're gonna, you can continue watching this match picture in a picture. There's no audio. The commercial's in one screen. You can still watch the match in the corner of the screen, see what happens so you're not having to pick up where it left off. The storylines continue. They're, just, they're, they're doing those little innovations that us as fans – it seems like they almost heard it and they're listening to it. And I will say one thing for WWE credit, and if uh, I'm sorry, AEW, they are letting storylines build and continue to build, not having to pay them off every month. It's and old that's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that is definitely because yeah. mm-hmm, they only had the four pay per views uh, a year like WWE used to. And now that WWE has a pay per view every month, you're not able to get as much storyline into a story because you have to cram it to get ready for the next pay per view. Uh, so that is something that, in my opinion, AEW is doing right. That's a great point. Case in point, you know, again, I know that we all listen to the wrestling podcast, the Something to Wrestle with uh, Bruce Pritchard podcast talked about the the macho man hulk hogan ultimate feud and how it took like a, a year, year. Mm-hmm. to build that you, you can't do that anymore with the monthly pay-per-views but but that's what makes wrestling great you can kind of see it turn and is this the week it's going to turn is this the week you, you just see the subtle changes when you watch it it's it's a soap opera that's what it is and that's what they're delivering to you and number two the addition of new characters where when we first started watching it, we literally we were just kind of describing people. We didn't even know their names. So that was the fun of it, was learning these new wrestlers, some that you had known about. I mean, you've seen the Young Bucks. You've seen Cody. You've seen Dean, uh, Ambrose. Dean Ambrose, who goes by John Moxley. Uh, Dusty Rhodes' other son, Dustin, once Goldust, who's there. But then you get to see all these other new wrestlers that are coming about. And then the star power that's coming with it. And it's not over the top. I mean, they had Snoop Dogg who did a cross body block off the top rope. He almost looked like he broke his legs when he came down. Who does more, Snoop or Shaq? Who endorses? Ironically, that's the other person that's there, too. Shaq. There you go. I mean, between the two of them, look. They became icons of their own. I mean, Snoop went from being a gangbanger to cooking with Martha Stewart. That is the American dream right there. Jimmy Kimmel said it years ago when he was on with him. He said, nobody who has killed more is beloved by more. Yes, he's exactly right. But that's the only in America, as Don King would say. That's part of the fun that comes with it is where you get these long story built and then you see these young wrestlers that are out there and you don't see the grind. You don't see the wear down. Adam and I, we, we always battle back and forth because, you know, Look, I like the older wrestlers, but as we talked earlier, Goldberg, Undertaker. But I want to see a younger guy that can come in there and perform, even though Chris Jericho is being older is still doing something. But he's putting there. guys over. I think yeah. he's, uh, that's the key, too, based on what you're saying about AEW. You've got the older managers and wrestlers. They're willing to put over some of the younger talent and let them take over eventually. There, there's not that threat that was once there. Because going back to the Joe Rogan podcast, Adam, that's what – Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, said we all got old at the same time, and we didn't really pass the torch to anybody else, and nobody really knew what to do as we all kind of were men of a certain age. It snuck up on us. Yeah, that new crop, and you got you got to give them time for the uh, audience to grow accustomed to them and for them to grow a fan base. And, like, I mean, Austin Rock, Undertaker, and now Undertaker st- stayed around a lot longer than those other two, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, 
Yeah, you had to use those guys. I mean, that's what Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan was, if you go back to what we were talking about earlier. That was a passing of the torch, so to say, from Andre to Hogan, who took off with Hulkamania and uh, and, and became one of the biggest superstars in all of wrestling. So not a lot of uh, names of that ilk. When you look at the Royal Rumble, it's going to take place at Tropicana Field this weekend, St. Petersburg, Florida. And you're going to have the 30-man Royal Rumble, and you're going to have the 30-woman Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns taking on Kevin Owens. Last man standing matchup, might I add, Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. That'll be about a seven-minute match. I can't see that match going much longer. If that long, in my yeah. opinion. Then you got the uh, the tag team matchup there uh, with the women's side. So, I mean, there's going to be some some interesting small stories, but there's nothing really here that's going to draw the attention of a lot of people. There's just... There's something amiss right now. Do we all stand in agreement when it comes to the WWE? And, and it's a great point that you make, Adam. Maybe it is the fact that you can't build anything anymore. you got to have these monthly pay-per-views. Constant turnover is killing this product. And it's because, you know, you have the name recognition of the Royal Rumble. But are the pay-per-views any – they're not even pay-per-views anymore. You no. buy the WWE Network. Now if you have the Peacock exactly. Network, they're, they're moving over there. So if you've got the, the you fire, got the stick – you can watch it on there. So it's not even that portion of it anymore where a pay-per-view was a special thing. I mean, I think the statutes of limitation are up for me where we had the cable box that stole the special channels. Sure, we all had that. You push the button and— We had the—it uh, was a two-by-four. If you press down the up-and-down channel button at the same time, if they, they stayed down, somehow, some way, you can get pay-per-views for free. Yeah. So my buddy Mario—I know, shocking. I was friends with somebody named Mario, and he came up with this contraption— he, he spaced out the nails perfectly on the two-by-four. You set it over the uh, cable box, and both channels stayed down, and somehow, some way, the pay-per-views were free. See, we just pushed the button. When you got to it, it was scrambled. You push a button, it unscrambled it. Everybody came over and watched the pay-per-view. It's not that anymore. Yeah, no. So where they're trying to hang on to this this uniqueness, this luster of, a, of a days once past, you can let that go nowadays and really create something, really create the, the old-fashioned soap opera where now we're still at the point of, the, to go with the adage of the old soap opera, yeah, guy he, died in a car crash. That's right. He's back next week. All of a sudden, it's his evil twin. So, anyway, I hope WCW, which is now owned by the WWE, doesn't come back and sue me for royalties <laughs> for the pay-per-views that I've stolen over the years. So let's look back at today's date, the 27th of January, as we tape the podcast in wrestling history, some of the things that happened. 40 years to, ago today in Raleigh, North Carolina, Roddy Piper beats Ric Flair to win the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship with the win. <laughs> I love this stuff. Piper had to vacate the NWA World Television Championship. He won from the masked superstar almost three months earlier. So these these are the storylines that we're talking about. And these are the old school guys. Again, during that, I defer back to the podcast with uh, The Undertaker and Joe Rogan, one of the comedians, I, I don't know what his name was, he was there in studio. He talked about hanging out with Roddy Piper, and he said Roddy Piper was having a hard time with his shoulder. His shoulder kept bothering him. It got to a point where he couldn't even turn the steering wheel. So he said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the doctor in a, you know, a week or so because i I got to figure out what's going on. Turned out he had a broken neck. <laughs> he had a broken neck! Yeah, you think that would stick out a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> wow. So things are a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit more. But keep in mind. I think the benefits are a lot better for the wrestlers. Training. Just rub some dirt on it and get yeah. along, get get back in the ring. Well, now these guys are multimillionaires. Back then, you know, it's like the adage of the old baseball player. They, they wrestled and they might sell tires on the side, too. They didn't live in mansions. They lived in your normal suburban homes. I mean, you're on the road 275 days a year. You're driving 200 miles from town to town. I mean, you, you can understand why. 
the pill problem was as bad. The alcohol problem was as bad. Put that in perspective. Yeah. You're talking six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds, two hundred sixty pounds for some of these guys jammed into a, a Ford Taurus. That they weren't going to stay at a four, a four Seasons. They were going to stay at the Motor Hotel where you drive up to the door, the Best Western Red Roof Inn. Yeah, I got no, a reservation, brother. <laughs> no disrespect to those establishments. No. Yeah, you kind of understand why they had some of the issues that they had. 35 years ago today in New York City, Randy Savage beats Hulk Hogan via countout. Now, we alluded to this a little bit earlier. Three years later, the most watched wrestling <laughs> event in pay-per-view history when they met for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania Five, Savage was a different cat. Hogan was a guy behind the scenes that was a different cat. I, I can't imagine what it was like leading up to this match as both tried to respect kayfabe, as they call it in the business. Yeah, and Miss Elizabeth was a big part of this storyline that re- that it developed over the year uh, leading into WrestleMania uh, Five. So you, you've got lust in your eyes. <laughs> exactly. Hogan. Oh, Saturday night's main event. It's one of the best storylines that has really been able to play out between the three of them, that triangle of uh, characters there. And, yeah, you hear some stories about Savage and the uh, how he was behind the scenes preparing for matches. I mean, you'll hear on those podcasts like you talked about with Bruce Pritchard, he talks about he Savage was one of those guys who wanted to script out every single move. Page page yeah, yep. exactly of the of the match and really want to have that broken down. And Hogan was kind of the opposite, where he was like, "We'll call it in the ring." Uh, and so I can only imagine the two of those in the back. And then just to sit there and add that portion of it too, like you said, where three years later this continued. You don't see that anymore. Now, unfortunately, and Adam, we've talked about this. You know. We see the same match over and over and over again. We didn't see that. We saw this continuation. You saw the the back and forth that went into it. Quality promos. I mean, where they put the great, you know, for them back in this time, it was high quality, the graphics that they would put up there. But you would let those guys be themselves. Oh, yeah. They would come up with their own ideas, sometimes on the fly. And it's it's funny you bring up the Savage story. Sean Oliver is another great uh, interview of wrestlers and he takes care of them and he talks about the stories when he's had to pay the guys and jumping through hoops to get these guys to open up. But they're getting paid so they tell great stories. The late George the Animal Steel told a story when he first started working with Savage, the aforementioned page by page. He said he comes in the locker room, he's got a notebook, an old school notebook, and he says, all right, we're going to do this um, for the first five minutes of the match. Steele said, I, I ripped it out, threw it in the garbage. <clears throat> Randy grunted. And then he went on to the next page. He said, I, I kept doing the same thing. And I said, look, kid, I'll, I'll, I'll follow your lead. We'll have a good match. I, I can't rem- I'm old. I can't remember everything you're telling me to do right now. <laughs> and it's funny to hear guys like uh, Paul Heyman who would talk about guys who were like that. And when he would see those moments of, you know, what are you doing? He was on a Stone Cold podcast and he talked about, what are you doing with a notebook? No. That's not what we're going to do here. That's not what we're going to have. And he said he still laughs at those guys that still want to try and create it page by page. Like, those days are done. No, I'm, and then you get lost and you forget because you're trying to memorize everything. And it, you get hurt. It, it's okay <laughs> to have an outline of what you want to do, but you can't just stick to everything uh, verbatim. Anyway, as we continue to look back on things that happened on this date on uh, January the 27th, 29 years ago today, the WWF tapes the 13th edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. I don't know how they picked these places, but they did it from the Municipal Coliseum in Lubbock, Texas, the home of Buddy Holly and Texas Tech University. Uh, Randy Savage beats Jake Roberts post-match. This is one of the great face turns of all time, and it was the first time this guy turned face. 
Jake Roberts, the heel at the time, was behind the curtain looking to hit Miss Elizabeth with the steel chair. But as she came through, the undertaker grabs the chair and prevents the attack. And hence, turns face with, oh, yes, Paul Bearer. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Man, I t- this uh, Savage and 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 Robert's storyline was one that stuck with me throughout my uh, childhood. This was not the moment that th- this is not the same match, but the the picture that when you talk about those two that that pops up in my mind, no matter what, is with Jake the Snake having that cobra and him gnawing on Savage's you arm. You know that story too, right? You've well, heard the, Jake yeah, let, tell that you story. do it first. <laughs> yeah, Jake, Savage told him, you do it first. It was a defanged. want to make sure nobody's trying to take out the macho man. And it was a defanged cobra, apparently, or devenomed. But, man, it was. Uh, Are you effing serious? It was, oh, I'm serious. <laughs> and The Undertaker, one of the all-time greats, turning face for the first time. Another big storyline. Uh, again, I think maybe you could say this about just everybody, because even Hogan, I think, might have been a better, better heel than he was face. But. Uh, Undertaker, probably a better heel as he was faced, especially in those early days of The Undertaker. Uh, we saw a lot of incarnations of The Undertaker over the years. But, yeah, it's uh, it was uh, a big storyline for him to go good guy. And particularly The Undertaker at a time where Paul Bearer did the talking. Undertaker was just this tall, statuesque guy in a black coat and a weird hat. And he just stood there. He went out there and he, he looked like a circus acrobat, to yeah. be honest with you. He'd walk the top rope. Paul Bearer did it in that very oh, Undertaker when then when he turns heel on the Undertaker and uh, becomes Mankind's manager. Undertaker, it's what it earns. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. Another one of the great lines, but that, I don't know if it's that way now in AEW. Let the guys kind of create their own characters. Let them be themselves. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you make the adjustments. And that's what you do see in AEW, where uh, he was once there, Rusev. Now he goes by his name, Miro. He was in AEW. He's a video gamer. Well, he was a Bulgarian brute who didn't wear shoes. He had to wear his wrestling boots once he broke his foot. It was kind of, you probably shouldn't wrestle without shoes on, because that's an easy way to lose a match. But he gets to be more of himself. You get to see guys who, you know, there's a character, Orange Cassidy. He really is the old, the most absurd thing that you would ever see as a wrestler, but you it watch it for some reason. Yeah, it, it just works. You get a kick out of it. You just kind of you, you get a laugh out of it. The Ultimate Warrior, you and I have talked about this before, where Ultimate Warrior had four moves. Yep, if that. But he had a ton One of them. One of them was shaking the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> and running to the ring. And running yeah, to the ring. Another, Those was are another, two of the moves. And the clothesline. And then and the, 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 press, the press slam <laughs> and slash. That's it. That was it. That's all he did. There wasn't a whole lot, there wasn't a whole lot to him, but here's this character that we all remember that was larger than life. And then when you just see these young guys that are coming about of, you know what, if you keep down this path, I think this kid will be something. And that's what you get a kick out of when you get to see wrestlers that become that. Nine years ago today, the uh, Royal Rumble took place in Phoenix. The Rock defeats CM Punk to win the WWE Championship. And and that's another one of those stories. And uh, seven years ago today is when Phil Brooks, who is CM Punk, uh, walks out on the WWE Strange, bizarre story. Strange, bizarre guy, it seems, CM Punk. If you do one thing to cross him, you are crossed off of that list forever. What could have been with this guy? In fact, when The Rock beat him, he had a championship run, the longest since Hulk Hogan's four-year run in 88, 434 days. So the respect seemed to be there, but but for some reason, CM Punk wanted more. I don't know what he wanted, but he wanted An more. An ice cream sandwich. He wanted the, remember the WWE ice cream pops? He wanted one. He wanted to headline WrestleMania. He wanted more. 
Well, he got his feelings hurt and, and took his ball and went home and, and really hasn't been back. A lot of times, though, you see the guys come back for some reason. Now, he has been back in a commentator role on, that on, stuff on FS1, right? Backstage. Yeah. Uh-huh, he did, that but he has never... Hit. He has the last yeah. one. That show was a hit. There may be more people in this room right now than ever watched that show collectively <laughs> at one time. But he, you know, he has never been back, and there's been a lot of demand or call for him from the fans. Uh, and when AEW came uh, to fruition, there was a lot of thought maybe it's just a WWE thing, and he'll end up over there with uh, Dynamite and AEW. But he hasn't as of yet. Uh, so he he's very content. Now he did go from WWE to uh, MMA type of thing, and that didn't work out. Was yeah, not worked out just like the TV show. <laughs> yeah, was not successful in that field. So uh, you know we'll see what the future holds for him. But he seems to be very content not wrestling. Is he uh, married to AJ, AJ Lee? Lee? Yeah, mm-hmm. so and they're still together. She's held up over the years. Uh, well, good for her. She's currently doing something which you might want to be a little concerned. She's like doing something with mental health. Mm-hmm. Where she talked about the depression that she went through as a wrestler and yeah. leaving the wrestling business, how she went through different depressing moments. So mm-hmm. hopefully oh. everything's well with her. And if you look back to that Royal Rumble that you mentioned, where uh, uh, The Rock beat CM Punk and John Cena won the Rumble that year, and that went on to make their match at WrestleMania, which really got started at the only one and only WrestleMania we've he- had here in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it, it just didn't last, but. So, what do we take out of this episode? AEW, I need to start watching it. You need to uh, develop storylines a lot longer than the WWE has developed the storylines, and AJ Lee is holding up very well. That's what we take out of today's that, that podcast. Would be, that that's pretty much wraps it up in a, yeah. in a nice summer for you. you learned. There you go. One never knows. Gentlemen, thank you. We're going to be doing this uh, once a week, so appreciate the time. Look forward to doing it again. Finishing move. Thus concludes this broadcast. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a five dollar minimum balance required the fan is ready for brave season are you three one smoked high in the air deep center field and heading for the horizon a home run by Olsen we're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 the fan app so make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season